You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hello there. Thanks for coming back again for another episode back-to-back in the celebration of the Life Repurposed podcast birthday. So today's episode number 116 is with Kathy Carlton Willis. Now she appeared on the show in episode number 21 and episode number 31. And in this episode, we just kind of catch up on what God's been doing in her life. She talks about her chapter in the Life Repurposed book and tells a little bit about that. And then we also go over some of the resources that she has to offer because she has Bible studies and teaching and different things for mostly a women's audience, but for a general audience as well. She has a book for speakers and she has a writer's group that if you've aspired to be a writer, listen in because you'll be interested in Word Girls when she talks about that. So this is Kathy Carlton Willis, and she's going to be talking about how God has shown her that you can be broken and still be useful in his kingdom and making a difference. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's always great to be back. Yeah, so this is an encore of an encore, I think. (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) Yeah. So as we get rolling and talking about your chapter in Life Repurposed, I wanted to know, what is your favorite thrift store find? Oh, my goodness. It would have to be, I collect this pattern of China called My Blue Heaven. And whenever I can find a piece of that in a thrift store, I get so jazzed because normally (laughs) it's really pricey and I never pay a big price for them. So I'll get them for like a dollar a piece. And that really makes me happy. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So thrift store is something that you've done a lot over the years, I imagine, with all the moves that you've done. That is the best way to get settled into a new area. And really, it's sort of like sightseeing at the same time. So while we're outfitting our home. We're also getting to know our area better. So I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And you've moved a lot of times in your life. I've lost track. (laughs) I think it's 23. The number of surgeries I've had and the number of addresses I've had are about the same number. (laughs) So you've run out of fingers and toes to count. That's that's what it is. That's why I can't remember. Yeah. Because otherwise you could just list them off and see. So in the chapter in Life Repurposed, you talk a little bit, you just alluded to surgeries, you talk a little bit about some of your story, having gone through more than one surgery in your life. And um, you also talk about furniture. You talk about a special piece. I'm not going to give the whole thing away, but what was the piece that you talked about in that chapter? Oh, it was a beautiful cherry Queen Anne's dining set. And it was something I had wanted for a long time. We bought it brand new, which we never do that. <laughs> and I won't give it all away. But when you, when things get destroyed and distressed, then you realize your priorities might need to be a little different. <laughs> it's so hard, though, with something new. I think about like when I got my car, which is a few years old. It was the first new car I've ever bought in my life. That first scratch is really hard. Yeah, it's brutal. And then you kind of 
um, scold yourself for being that attached to it because you know you shouldn't be. But yeah, the first one is not pretty. Yeah. So like new house, new furniture. You, you've lived in at least one new house too. We did. So, we built one from scratch. Yeah. What was that like to get the first scuff? Well, before we moved in, we had the blue tape day where you go in and you tape every scuff that the builder made that you want repaired oh, yeah. before you even move in. We counted over 100 of those blue oh, tapes. Oh, my. It was, I had no idea how we would even move in. And all of a sudden, it was all better. We moved in. We, it was glorious. But like you said, it didn't last for long. And then the first one hit and you just, you have to learn that your priorities need to change, I guess. So it's a little bit like life in that, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners are perfectionists, but, you know, we have a certain way we want things to go and then life doesn't exactly go that way. But I know your life has gone perfectly from birth (laughs) to now, right? Right. From exactly at birth until now, (laughs) something has happened. (laughs) You tell a little bit of your story in the chapter in Life Repurposed. I love your title in that you titled it Use Me Broken. Sometimes we think we need to have everything all in a certain order. Everything has to be perfect in life before God will use us. Tell me a little bit about why you chose that title for your chapter. Well, I think because I'm not as much a perfectionist as some people, but I really want to put my best foot forward. And I I have a checklist for my checklist, and <laughs> I really want everything to be just right. And especially serving the Lord, I want to give him my excellence. But when I realized, even if I did my best, it wouldn't be as good as God deserves, but that's not what he wants anyway. He just wants me. And when I realized he could use me broken, it was life changing Mm. for me. So have you ever had a time when you were waiting for like putting something on pause and thinking when this happens, then I will? Sure. I mean, the one right now is the pandemic. We're all wondering what the new normal will be. I've had to self-isolate due to my health conditions. And and it's funny, I would dream along, well, when this happens, like, well, when I get the vaccine, then this will happen. And and then now I'm realizing it's still not going to be what I anticipated. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the problem with our expectations. They never turn out exactly as we think they will, but sometimes they turn out better. God, God has something different in mind. And as long as we're willing to go with that, and not be so uh, tied down or married to our Mm -hmm. concept of what we think it will be, then it goes better. Now, we're both writers, so we know a lot of other writers. And I've met people who are waiting until a certain moment in life before they launch, before they really do the thing they believe God has called them to. What do you think is the challenge with waiting like that? The challenge with having a deadline for when you will do something is it causes procrastination, I think. And also there's never an ideal scenario. And if we're not willing to just dive in while we're broken and do it, I don't know a day that will come that will be the ideal day. For example, mm-hmm. if we waited for the the muse or the whim to hit for us to write and we're on a deadline, we will look at a blank page. But if we just do the work and we plug ourselves in while we're in the midst of whatever messy scenario we're in, rather, if we wait for the ideal day, it just won't happen. You're known as God's grin gal. And one of those is a reputation for being able to find something, a piece of joy, a moment to just really look at where God's at work in the midst of that. 
when did you realize that you were God's green gal? <laughs> it was, I was totally rebranding re myself and realizing that the here I am a branding expert and I had myself branded all wrong. So I needed, <laughs> I needed to take a step back and listen to what other people said about me. And over and over, people would say, I don't know how you can grin through that. And that's when I would say, well, I'm grinning with grace or I'm grinning with joy. And, and it was an opportunity to explain that the grin goes a lot deeper than the surface. And if my heart's not grinning, then you're not going to see it on the outside. <laughs> but it's because of something going on deep down is why I can have that grin. You then turn that into a ministry for other people. What are you most passionate about? Oh, wow. There's so many fun passions I get to be involved in every <laughs> single day. I think helping other people risk doing things in the midst of being broken and helping them shine through that and, mm -hmm. and not be so overcome with whatever tarnish they're wearing that day that it keeps them from being what God has for them. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that in your writing. You write a lot. Um, you've written a lot of devotionals that people can find online. And I'll make sure we link up to those. I see a common thread coming through all of those. And that is that you encourage other people, but you're also really transparent in telling your own story. What's been the hardest part of telling your story? Well, being misunderstood, I think, mm. would be the hardest part because no matter how much I'm willing to be an open book, if someone else has gone through a rough day, they may hear something I say and think it's mm. not authentic or assume that I'm faking my way through faith instead of just living out my mess in front of people. I mean, there's a mm. difference between the two. And so, yeah, I would say being misunderstood is the hardest because you really risk, you're vulnerable when you share mm -hmm. your story with other people. What has been your favorite result though of being vulnerable? Oh, the best result is when someone comes and tells you because of being vulnerable, because of hearing that story, that it was life-changing for them. I will never forget at an event when a woman waited in line to talk to me, and that was what she said. And she was a pastor. She says, I've studied grace my entire life, but what you said about grace was life-changing. And it was just because I showed how it looks in everyday life. And she was able to grasp a hold of it and, and apply it. So if you had not decided to step forward and let God use you as you are, then you'd miss out on that opportunity to minister to somebody else's life, to help them experience a transformation. Uh, what is coming next for you? You've been writing a lot. What When you look at dreaming ahead, post-pandemic even, <laughs> <laughs> what's next on your heart? Well, I'm... I have three projects going on right now. So one is the Grand Gal's Guide to Well-Being, and I'm I'm laughing because I'm struggling with writing it. It's a struggle because it's about being well, not just your body, but your soul and your spirit. And so I'm having to dig deep on that one. It sounds like it would be more of a a surface topic than some of my other topics. You know, I've dealt with trials in a previous book. You would think that would be as deep as it goes, but this one is really hard to write because I think it's where I'm having to do the most changes before I'm ready to launch it out to someone else to read. Okay, so I'm thinking about that. You're talking about well-being. For those listening, this is not like the Instagram version of well-being where we have 
some professionally photographed yoga pictures. Nothing against that if that's somebody's thing, but this is really a different, like a holistic look at well-being. So um, how have you drawn on your own experience as you're writing that? Well, I'm a goal setter. And so you would think with well-being, you would have this checklist and then you would work towards those goals. And I do that. But what I'm realizing is if that's all it is, I don't have wholeness because Mm -hmm. my motive might be wrong or my expectation might not be in the right place. And so I think the reason why it's taken so long, even though I've done the physical work, I've lost over 50 pounds and kept it off. I still have some more to lose, but 50 is a pretty big accomplishment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so it's not that I'm not putting in the work, but there's a whole lot more that goes into it. And for anyone that's listening, who's broken, like I am physically, well-being means something totally different. It doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be healed before you get to heaven. So it's more about learning how to use what God has given you and being a good steward of that to take care of it, be responsible for it, be a good caretaker of your body, soul, and spirit. That just ties so well into the heart of your message and everything that I've seen you write. And that is that we aren't like these perfect curated polished versions of ourselves, but we're always asking God to keep changing and moving in our life in some way. You've written about joy, but I wanted to have you tell a little bit about the book that you wrote, Seven Trials Every Woman Faces, because I think our listeners can relate to that. Yeah, I started that book because I have I have several coping mechanisms and humor is one of them. And so one of the things I say when I'm having a bad day is, is Job a member of my family tree? <laughs> and that's just always gotten me through a bad time. And so I started writing this study about Job, but more importantly, how the same seven trials he had, we as women have today. And so I looked at each one of those trials uh, in a in a way that's really transparent. It was probably a difficult one to write because it showed my pain in the deepest degrees. Mm. And it showed the, the ways other people could have helped me along the way and ways I want to help other people along the way. So uh, that's why that book is so important to me because the trials we go through either we will grow for them or someone else will grow from them. You know, so sometimes the trial isn't about us at all. It's to help someone else out. Yeah. So where can people find that book? They can go to my website, kathycarltonwillis.com. They can go to Amazon or they can order it through their bookstore. I'm going to link up to your website in the show notes because you have many other resources there that listeners can get. You've been on the show before talking about your, um, book about joy. And so just briefly mention a couple of the other titles that you have. Well, I started out with Grin with Grace. And that's another one of my coping phrases when someone says, well, how did you get through that? Well, I just grinned with grace. You know, that's how you get through things. So I have that book. I have a book for speakers who want to learn how to be more proficient in their speaking or setting it up as a business. And you mentioned the joy book, the Grin Gal's Guide to Joy. It's a Bible study. So it's set up like a workbook. If people are meeting in groups, they can even do it in group time. And you mentioned the seven trials book, which really is, uh, it's a beautiful book and it helps people take a look at some hard things, but still have a grin on their face when they're done. And now you're helping other people with writing and getting published. And so you have another book that just released. 
Yes, we just had a party for it yesterday, Wit, Whimsy, and Wisdom. And I have a group called Word Girls to coach writers who are women of faith through their writing process. And so we put together 84 devotions. It's a beautiful book. And we really are praying that it ministers to people. It's been cool to hear the feedback already about how it has helped people out. So that one has been fun to to not just incorporate my writing, but to see other people shine. Kathy, as we wrap up our short chat here today, what would you like to leave with the reader who's picked up your chapter? They're reading Use Me Broken. What do you want to say to them? I think brokenness looks different to different people, but you don't have to look too far before you find it in your own life. And so don't try to gloss it over with some polish. Don't uh, think that it disqualifies you from being used from God, but know that the very thing you're broken about is probably something that's going to speak deeply to someone else if you're willing to be transparent about it. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You will find the show notes to this episode and every one of those resources that Kathy and I talked about at michellerayburn.com slash 116. And there I will also link up to her articles on CBN as well as the information about Word Girls, the writers group. So all of that will be there. I will be back tomorrow with one more episode in the birthday series. Another guest who is coming back for a revisit and I know it's going to be a delightful visit. So come back again tomorrow for another episode. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.